0: Welcome to No Shot Clock, the Chicago high school basketball podcast. I'm Michael O'Brien from the Sun-Times here as always with Joe Henrikson of the City Suburban Hoops Report. You're not going to believe this. Joe and I could hardly believe it. We had to count on the website <laughs> before we started, but this is the fifth year, the fifth season of No Shot Clock. Thanks to everybody who's been listening from the beginning and welcome back, Joe.
1: A lot of podcasts uh, over those years, and you know where the this week um, it's first episode of our our 2018 2019 season is going to be pretty focused, singularly focused on our preseason top for your preseason top twenty five. That's coming out in the paper. When will that be in the paper? Do you know yet?
0: That is an excellent question. I'm leaning <laughs> – um, it might be in on Wednesday, just the list. We call it the teaser story with the number one team in the list. The whole thing, I'm – we usually put it on the Monday of the season, but I'm thinking maybe Friday, so – soon but if you're listening here now you will definitely have it ahead of everyone else for sure we also i mean thank you guys so much for the questions i think we got like four and i just asked a few hours ago so that's great also a little bit of housekeeping wanted to mention um please rate and review us on itunes if you listen there I know the podcast is on Stitcher. I'm going to try and figure out how to get it up on Spotify. I saw something online about how to do that, but shoot me an email or hit me up on Twitter. If there's like a way you listen to podcasts and ours isn't and No Shot Clock isn't showing up on there, let me know and I'll figure out or ask someone (laughs) how to get it up on there. We'll work on that. And uh, how do you you guys like the new logo is pretty exciting. The first time Joe and I have uh, had our own logo. It only took five years, huh? (laughs) All right, let's start off with the questions, and then we're going to get in the top 25. We're going go to go one through 25. So, questions. First off, Kenya Nalls is excited for another basketball season. How do you, This is an interesting question. Um, it says, how do you guys decide what games you will watch from week to week? Do you try to get in your fair share of CPS, suburban, Catholic League games as possible? Are there teams or games you already have circled on your calendar? Um, this is interesting because Joe and I go about this totally different
1: (laughs) to a degree and been seasonally seasonally. Yes, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I just another teaser. I do my top games of the year story. I usually, Oh yeah. Uh, put that out. I typically don't do that though until like that Monday, Sunday or Monday after the Thanksgiving tournaments where I do the top 50 games with a date and you know, the reason why they're the biggest games of the year. So, you know, yeah, you're, you're right, Mike. I mean, you, you're you obviously, I mean, I am doing something completely different in terms of looking at prospects, which sometimes will take me to a lemon of a game, uh, I think, a few more times than you over the course of the four-month season, as I, you know, have a recruiting service for college coaches and go to see as many players as I can. But in, in, in the beginning, you know, I think you and I are similar in the very beginning in terms of trying to see as many of the teams as we can in those first two, three, four weeks before Christmas yeah. As, as we can. I think we're pretty similar there. And then, obviously, we end up in the same gym quite often simply because, you know, oftentimes the the best games feature the best players. So it's uh, uh, one goes for the other. And so, you know, we are in the same gym quite often with the bigger events and holiday tournaments.
0: One of my things, I really don't think about it as... Uh, CPS, Suburban, or Catholic League. Um, in my mind, as the newspaper guy, I think of it as areas, kind of regions. So I, you know, I'm not worried about if I'm going to a public league game or if I'm going to a Catholic league game or whatever. I want to make sure that I spread the coverage around from the city to the north, to the west, to the south. I think it's important I don't get stuck too much in one area. So that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, Joe's right. The first few weeks of the season, especially, it's like this race. I want to see all the Super 25 teams, I want to, and I want to see them badly, because it just it stinks sitting down every Sunday and doing the rankings and ranking a bunch of teams you haven't seen. It's just a nightmare for me. I just really don't like it. Um, I don't know how people do football rankings, because that's kind of all they do. But it, it's super annoying. So I want to see all these teams I'm ranking to make sure I'm not a fool. But then after that, things get a little bit more interesting. Because you go see who you want, what you want. You want to see close games, too. Sometimes even I'll let a ranked team play in the city, and I'll go out to the suburbs to watch two, you know, maybe top 40 teams because it might be a close game, and that's kind of more fun to see and read about. The other kind of weird thing for me is I have do have a print hole to fill in the newspaper every day, and during the season I like those to be games. So I will find a game a lot of nights. That Joe's probably not going to bother because there's nothing that good. There's nobody that interesting to see. But I'll end up wandering over to, you know, Clemente Wells or, you know, some weird game in some northern suburb or whatever, just because we need something for the newspaper and I haven't covered anything in that area in a while. So that's kind of. And and a lot of times those turn out to be kind of weirdly fun, uh, better than some games I'm even looking forward to. So. Or you'll
1: put a vote
0: out to the listeners. Yes, or yeah, sometimes (laughs) when I don't know where to go. But, you know, then there are games that I I feel like, you know, as the high school sports writer for the Sun Times, I just can't miss. I mean, I might not want to go see Morgan Park Simeon necessarily. And, you know, that's kind of been the case sometimes the second time they play. But I have to go. It's just, you know, we see the numbers in the website. It's just too popular. So things like that, my decision's taken away from me. You just have to be there because it's so important to the readership. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the philosophy as far as game circled on my calendar. I, I don't right now, um, because I've only seen the schedule for the first week. I guess that's the other thing. I only, I don't have like the season schedule in advance and Joe kind of looks ahead more than I do. Like he does the thing he was talking about the story with the top games where I get a schedule from Jack Gleason on Sunday and kind of plan my week. And that's really about all I know in advance. Start
1: writing the results in the book.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right, next question is from a a first-time question asker here, Boom Boom Jackson. I like Boom Boom Jackson. That's kind of fun to say. The question is, Pontiac is the best Christmas holiday tournament, period. How about that, Joe? That's now a statement. Remember when you used to debate that kind of thing?
1: Yes, there was always a debate between Proviso and Pontiac for years.
0: And it's like, it's over. Um, anyway, uh, he says Pontiac is the best Christmas-slash-holiday tournament. and warrenville South has a pretty good Martin Luther King tournament. The Chicago Elite Classic is a terrific shootout. What is the best Thanksgiving tournament? I know Ron Johnson at St. Charles East has had a good run and some solid teams, and so does the Bloom-slash-Marion-Catholic-Chicago Heights shootout.
1: Yeah, historically, St. Charles East tournament has been very good. The Bloom-Marion-Catholic one in the Chicago Heights has been very good. Um you know it, it, it fluctuates though i mean and they're spread out a lot more than the holiday in tur- the christmas tournaments so they're not as deep they're not as uh filled with you know loaded teams because they're smaller tournaments but uh you know the the liola the new, new trier one um
0: what else is good. Our B is actually improving, yeah.
1: Riverside Brookfield, it's got again. St.
0: Rita and Kenwood in it this year um, with,
1: with Oak Park and RB. Yeah. yeah, that'll be very good.
0: Uh, DePaul and Lane, you know, obviously, it's DePaul and Lane. Also, Notre Dame is in there, Niles North. Um, Buffalo Grove kind of caught my eye a little bit this year. No ranked teams or anything, but uh, Glenbrook South, uh, Zion Benton, and Naperville Central are all interesting teams. Obviously, out of St. Viator as Evanston and Viator, but. I feel like there's a real hole here and a real – it's a weird week. You know, Joe and I are on the record of whining about Thanksgiving week. It's always—it's yes. a, a little rough and weird with the holiday and football still going on for some teams and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just remember – and it wasn't that long ago. What, fifth? how long ago did the St. Rita thing? St. Rita used to have a really top-notch – you know, group of teams and it really filled that gym. And it was kind of the exciting place to be for two or three days that first week. And I feel like that doesn't really exist anymore.
1: Yeah. I just try to keep in mind and everybody to keep perspective that it's, you know, these high school seasons, the practice part of it is, is so quick and short. I mean, it is, I mean, two weeks, boom, they're playing and they really don't have time to practice during that Thanksgiving week they're playing games and it used to be almost everybody played three games. And now there are some that are playing four and five over the course of that week in Thanksgiving, which that's, that's one change over the last, you know, 10, 20 years, but they don't have time to get back in the gym, practice, work on things they've learned about after playing games. And that, and that, that's take time to iron some things out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I always find that interesting. A lot of, um, you know, everybody in the newspaper business is overworked. A lot of, um, suburban people, newspaper writers or whatever will kind of start covering basketball the second week and start writing previews and talk about how the young season and the team they're writing about is a fifth of the way through their season. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they've already played four or five games and it's like, wow. Um, so it's strange. But anyway, next up Dave Hortman wants to know what is the outlook on the North suburban conference? Any favorites, any dark horses?
1: I think it's just, this league has really changed over the years from you know, we had that run that was star power led, you know, back in the Brandon Paul days and then Jalen Brunson. And there's just been a lot of, you know, stars coming out of that league and, and heavy hitters and Zion Benton team. So in the last couple of years here, it's it's kind of been a little different. I think three teams tied for first last year, Libertyville, Stevenson, and Warren. I kind of expect it to be a little bit like that again, kind of wide open. Uh you know, I, I I think Waukegan was the preseason favorite last year, stumbled badly. I think Waukegan, again, is our preseason favorite going into this year. The talent on paper, there's no question they're the favorite. Uh, it's just a matter of them kind of reaching that, the potential that we all have been talking about for the last 24, 12, 18 months.
0: Yeah, well, plenty more on that later. But I guess, first off, I really like the North Suburban Conference is one of these few conferences, one of the few conferences around still where, you know, you know what it is, and you know who's in it, and it makes sense, <laughs> and it's just kind of understandable, and I wish we had more conferences like that, if that makes sense. You know, these schools are all big public schools all around one another up north, and it just, it feels like
1: A lot of right. one-community one ones, it, you know, Waukegan, like Forest, like Zurich, you know, boom. Libertyville, uh, and... You know, I I think they're going to see. You know, he asked for some sleep. Mundelein's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, they were under 500 last year. You know, if you think about it, Mundelein, Waukegan, and Zion Benton were all under 500. I think they're the bottom. They three were in the league.
0: They were the and bottom I, three, and they could be the top three this year. And they could like. be the
1: top three <laughs> yeah. along with Stevenson. Yeah. Uh, you know, fighting for those top four spots.
0: Um, and you know, you can't count out. You know, Lake Forest and Lake Zurich. You know, Lake Zurich's had a coaching change, but. They're so consistent, you know, their programs that get better during the year. There's a lot of good coaches in this league. There's a lot, a lot of talent, a lot of young talent right now, you know, Zion Benton and Mundelein, both have really good sophomores. So I think it should be a fun year. I think Libertyville, I kind of firmly believe in that post superstar year bump. A lot of those, you know, obviously they lost Drew Peterson, but they do return some really good experience, and those kids went through some battles last year. So I, I think Liber- Libertyville is a sleeper to keep an eye on that should be able to maybe have a better season than people are expecting this year. And
1: as we continue our North Suburban preview here, uh, you know, the the one thing, too, about this league every year, over the years, is there never is a dog, There's you know, there's very rarely a, a team that's perennially just bottom feeders That's a good point. and yeah and uh everybody kind of was taking their turn nipping at the heels of, of you know obviously stevenson had an unbelievable dominating run uh and it's kind of if you pick one program over the last decade it's probably been the one but you know everybody just kind of kind of lifts themselves up and to see zion benton at the bottom last year is just so unheard of
0: and that you know that during that dominant stevenson run their closest games were in conference you know they would have trouble yeah, at yeah, Lake the Forest and Lake against Zion. Forest
1: games. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, the,
0: I never saw Jalen Brunson, Stevenson teams have wars against anybody, Simeon well, in included,
1: in in and <laughs> the, in the Zion Betton games. That's what uh, I was gonna say. Yeah, that yeah, thing's yeah. hot and
0: crazy. Yeah.
1: right. And then you you've yeah. added Waukegan uh, uh recently, so it's yeah, it's a fun league, man.
0: It's definitely good. Maybe it'll be our new Upstate Eight now that the Upstate Eight is uh, well, it's still there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I suppose, but, but not the same. Um. All right, next up, Kyle M. Any thoughts on the proposal to have the IHSA rule on all transfers? Seems like a lot of people are surprised to learn that CPS actually gets to rule on their own transfers. Oh boy, Joe, we made it. How long have we been going here? Twelve minutes, thirteen.
1: And again, it's an episode that could be all on transfers. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, uh, the, the news both. thing, news peg here is after the whole hubbub last season, where all the kids from the Catholic schools, the basketball players transferred to the public league schools. The Catholic schools have kind of figured out or are coming up with a way to try and stop this or slow it down. There's proposals going through the IHSA to take transfer rulings out of the hands of the CPS and put it in the hands of the IHSA. We'll see how that goes. There might be a vote in December. Um, I don't don't think it's going to have the... um, impact or
1: the or the change I don't in my personal opinion I don't think it's gonna change much
0: yeah I mean I mean remember that the CPS said originally that Maurice Commander couldn't play you know last year it's not like they weren't even rubber stamping everybody you know Siri Lewis had some problems or at least least took a while for him to get through so yeah I don't know I mean the fact is you're not going to be able to stop these kids from playing where they want to play in the long run um next up is uh, Jay, he's got a, a long email here, long question. So I'm just going to hit kind of the most interesting questions. Um, first one up, he thinks it's going to be a great season in the south suburbs. Says they could have four or five teams go wire to wire in the super 25 Bloom, Hillcrest, Homewood, Flossmore, Marion Catholic, and even TF South. He wants to know what other South Suburban schools may have shots of getting ranked this year. Uh, Jay mentions Thornton, Rich East, Rich South, or Central, and Crete-Money. Joe, what are your overall South Suburban thoughts?
1: Well, I think there's some teams that I think that no one's talking about, That like Thornwood. I think Thornwood, after watching them this summer, uh, they, they don't have a big star, a bunch of no-namers, but I think Thornwood is a team that's going to be a lot better than, than some people uh, – you know are talking about right now. I mean, keep an eye on Richards. you uh, mentioned TF South. I, I wrote about a lot about them last year, actually. And you know I, I think as far as powerhouses or perennial big name programs, I, I the one school I team I don't know a whole lot about and I'm interested to see is Thornton and, and just kind of where they stack up because uh, there's a lot of question marks there uh, for for a program that historically obviously is. Is one of the, when the not just the South Suburbs, but the entire state of Illinois.
0: Yeah, and, and we never know anything about TF North until they're undefeated right. in January, right. <laughs> and um, so never count them out. They seem to always pop in the Super Twenty Five at some point <laughs> during the season. Um, yeah, TF South's really interesting. They got picked up a couple transfer guards, um, have some you know some size back from last year, so they are interesting. The one that we haven't mentioned yet, and it's far South Suburbs, but Kankakee. I was pretty impressed with them last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. they. I mean, I, yeah. I continue to forget about them as our South Suburban school. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like them this summer, too. Um, uh, they, they got a point guard, a big man. They, they, yeah, I like Kinkakee.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to be one. I mean, and they have, like, a ceiling, I think, higher than some of these other teams we're talking about if everybody's on the same page and they do what they can. Kinkakee, I mean, I saw it in that Bloom game near the end of the year you know, Bloom's going to be one of the better teams in the whole state. And they gave Bloom everything they could handle. And almost all of those kids are back. So that should be a fun season. Overall, I think the nice thing about the South suburbs this year is the better teams are going to be better this year than they have been in the last few years.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. I mean, I, I mean, I think Bloom and HF are probably, uh, you know, start the season as the, the two best. And an interesting off topic real quick, but what he mentioned, he. When he was talking about wire to wire, I think he did he mean wire to wire starting the top twenty so, covering? yeah, what would you say that if you had to guess a percentage of teams that do that on a year to year basis
0: that's a good um about half tops,
1: yeah, I would say tops They never leave,
0: yeah, maybe half, maybe yeah, a little less yeah I
1: but I was thinking twelve ten to twelve, so yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. It's something I've not kept track of, but we will. Uh, he will need other stuff to yeah. keep track of. Um, one of the transfers, we might hit more on transfer stuff and kind of, we'll talk about it when we hit the top 25, but Malik Tidwell left Marion Catholic just recently. Um, right. Which is and a we, real shame for us. Yeah,
1: I mean, he was their leading scorer for a team that w- finished third in state, 3A. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's just, you're leaving October. That's bizarre. I mean it just is uh you're leading score of a team that made it to Peoria and Mary Catholic has sustained more of these types of hits I think than maybe anybody that I can think of you know uh including remember Brandon Hurt I think he left in the yeah. middle school year so uh you know Chase Adams left uh, I mean they they've had a number of guys that have uh, that have Balser Richie. I mean it just goes on and on but uh, to their credit, they've 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 really persevered uh, through those losses.
0: They sure have. They should have a nice season. Um, the other question we wanted to hit, kind of wrap up Jay's email. He's asking about our favorite basketball books. Mentioned a couple that he was um planning to read, like the Miracle of Saint Anthony. A couple others on the list there. Uh, what are yours, Joe?
1: I did read that one. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, two ones real quick. One's not exactly a basketball. It's called Shoe Dog. It's it's about Nike. It's a phenomenal read with with just the origin of Nike where how it became and the pro the, the whole process of, of what it is today uh but the pure basketball book it's been a year since I read it but it's called Legends Club and it is a look at Dean Smith, Coach K and Jim Valvano and their relationship during their heyday together and when Coach K was just getting started and um, kind of taking over that Duke program and Their relationships and how they grew is a a, a fantastic book. I don't even like Duke, North Carolina, or NC State. I care lots about them. But just the interpersonal relationships between those three coaches and their programs was really interesting for a basketball fan.
0: Well, that's – yeah, I've not read either one of those. And, yeah, initially when you mentioned Legends Club, I think I'd rather be um, slapped in the face than (laughs) hear more about those guys. But
1: Yeah, I I totally agree, Mike. But it was a – just a – just to see how yeah. that, that went down with, with and the, the hatred and then the love. And then the, it was just uh, that rivalry with all three of them.
0: Yeah, my two that uh, jump out. I really loved Fall River Dreams. It, oh, yeah. It's a great book. Yeah, it's uh, by a man named Bill Reynolds. It's just about a high school basketball team. Um, in Massachusetts, uh, you know, I read, I think I've read it twice many years when it first came out and then not too many years ago, but that Chris Heron,
1: Chris Heron. Yeah, exactly. Who got, yeah. yeah.
0: I think any, anybody who's listening to this podcast would definitely like that book. Yes. Um, I think that's a hundred percent. That is a you no know, shock you know, book. You know who gave me that book to read? No, no idea.
1: Ron Ashlaw. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh, about Ashlaw that. Book. yeah.
0: Yeah. that, that I highly recommend that to everybody. <laughs> the other one, um, that I keep giving to uh, or mentioning at least to younger reporters is, uh, raw recruits, um, by Armin Cantanian and, uh, Dan Wetzel. I mean, it's kind of funny because everybody acts like all this college drama is new <laughs> and it was happening in the eighties and nineties. It opens with a scene with Sonny Vaccaro stand or sitting underneath a payphone in Las, in a Las Vegas gym. Um, which you can imagine what was going on there, but yeah, raw recruits. If you're into the whole college recruiting thing, um, definitely a must-read.
1: You don't read much during the season, do you?
0: I do. You know, to be honest, I don't read a lot of um, sports books, so it's not, not really right. my wheelhouse.
1: I read a ton in the summer, but
0: yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I read a lot during the season, but it's I I actually read a lot of fiction. <laughs> Sorry. Um, next up is. I guess what most of you guys are excited about, the Super 25, sometimes preseason Super 25, which will differ, at least in some ways, from Joe's City Suburban Hoops Report Top 179, (laughs) however many he he does. Yeah,
1: I mean, this year Mike and I probably discussed teams' rankings less than I think maybe ever. Uh, Usually we're just kind of, hey, what do you think? Or, you know, not that we – break them down together but my point is very little to no conversation or dialogue between the two of us and mike just sent me his preseason top 25 at first glance i'm almost done with mine but i think i, I mean this is about us discussing it all i think we have 22 oh boy of the same top 25
0: and those are the only. I was only solid on twenty two. <laughs> my so, my last three, I wasn't so sure on. It might yeah. be twenty one.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm him hauling over one of them. But anyway, I, I that's that was very really interesting to me, considering the type of year I think last year was and this year. I, I think it's a, a a little bit of a repeat in terms of when we're talking about top 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 twenty five teams, as far as. There's just not those teams that, you know, again, that I can guarantee you, you know, I'd be surprised if they fall, you know, don't follow the rankings because I I just think it's going to fluctuate week to week. And uh, there's there's a lack of dominating teams even towards the top. So,
0: yeah, uh, I I had no trouble like there's I think my list had thirty three or thirty four that I just kind of, you know, went through. And after all my processes, I thought these were the teams. And I didn't have much trouble, you know, getting to that group. But I feel like the order is, in a lot of ways, after I get past the top few, a bit random to me. I'm just not – I don't feel that much strongly that my number 19 team is better than my number 11, (laughs) to be honest.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't disagree, although I'm just – Seriously, when you sent that over today and I looked at it, I was blown away by how close even our top twenty-five are. That oh. that just even the order. Um, you know, there's there's going to be like three or four discrepancies that are that are significant, but you know, as far as the order, but you know, overall, I mean, it's it's very kind of weird for me to see when I when I first saw that just well an hour ago.
0: That, that's too bad. If it was ra- wildly different, we could have had a heck of a, <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> right. Go yeah. Right. Who knows? All right. So let's, we're going to go from, I think we did this last year.
1: Um, we have the exact same top eight.
0: You're kidding me.
1: Not in the exact order. Oh, but okay. in the exact same eighteen. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> wow. Um, <No.
0: laughs> I'm surprised. I thought you were going to invite her higher than me. Um, Interesting. All right, let's just do it. Number 1, Joe's already outed his publicly on the website as Whitney Young. I agree. I have Whitney Young number 1. They were 28 and 8 last year, second in class 4A. Y'all remember that really great game we ended the season with when they lost to Belleville West. And I mean, I think it Tyler Beard back for a whole season. Sounds like he's been shooting very well. DJ Stewart transfers in from Fenwick. Uh, Miles Baker, who's just an excellent high school player is there. Elliot Seegers, Grant Newell, you know, a young kid you're going to hear about. Good four or five other players. My big issue here for number one, I'd only considered really two teams. Uh, number two is Evanston. I'll just go ahead and say that. Um, and on paper, it was a little tough for me because Evanston only lost one guy, Matt Hall, from a team that gave Young a great game you know, in that semifinal, whereas Young lost a heck of a lot, you know, and as much, and as Young, and so I I wondered for a little bit, you know, why Evanston shouldn't be the number one. Um, People say they didn't have the best summer and all that, but in the end, you know, that kind of triumvirate of DJ Stewart, Tyler Beard, and Miles Baker to me says a lot, and you got to give Tyrone Slaughter and Young credit for, just how good these teams have been, really, the last four years.
1: Yeah, I think people underestimate the impact, though, that Miles Baker and Tyler Beard had on on that second half of the season, particularly Tyler Beard, and just played a huge role in getting that that where they got. But more so than that, my I mean, obviously the addition of DJ Stewart. I mean, he's arguably without question one of the top five players in the state of Illinois, and you are adding him to a team with two Division One players, and Tyler Beard and, and Miles Baker. But what really kind of made it a no-brainer to me, I mean, is, is the fact I, I, you know, I one difference Mike and I, I, I do spend, because I have to watch these players and players and players, so I see them in the summer a little bit more than Mike does, but their role players really kind of impress me. You know, a no-namer, Justin Warren, don't be surprised if, there's possibly this kid that no one knows is, is starting for them. He
0: started uh, some games last year. Nobody yeah. seemed to realize. but he
1: And he, he was yeah. tough, competitive kid yeah. uh, this summer. that, So I I just like – I think they're supporting they, – they took some hits with some graduations, some key role-playing seniors. Uh, Keenan Jones,
0: another kid like that?
1: Right, right. Oh. So I, I, I think they're without question, number one. And as we kind of dip into Evanston – you know, I go back to what you said about, I think you just mentioned this. Some people had said they didn't have a great summer. I'm, I'm one of those. I don't think they had a great summer. Uh, they have a serious lack of size uh, issue. I mean, Lance Jones, Jaheim Holden, Ryan uh, Boss, Blake Peters, Jalen Gibson. I mean, Gibson's 6'3", 6'4", but the rest of them are all, you know, one probably, or, or smaller. And then a wild card for Evanston is is this transfer from France, a newcomer. uh, And I don't know if it's got a French pronunciation, but Louis Lesmond or Lamone, or I don't know, (laughs) six foot five, sophomore. He played on the France national team already, a a spread the floor shooter, gives them some size and length at six, five, you know, he's a perimeter oriented guy, but he does give them a little bit of size and length. So you know, I, I I think Evanston is. I, I just am concerned that is there a hangover from from last year? You got to keep them hungry. You got to keep, you know, you can't. All that comes into play with this team. And Lance Jones, who I was a I've been a huge fan of, did not have a great spring or summer. I wrote about it. Took some abuse on Twitter from some people, but. Yeah, I, I, the fact is, he's a seasoned veteran who has been through a lot at the high school basketball level, and that's a good cornerstone to start. And I, I think personally, he's going to bounce back, get back to his comfort zone of playing, you know, for his high school team, for Mike Ellis and Evanston, and and have a have a really good senior year.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know, Young really doesn't have any size either. They've got Senghalay uh, Najai, who he's played really well at, at state, and then Newell, the 6'6 sophomore. But I don't even know if they're starters at, at this point.
1: Yeah, but they both those guys, are again, back to my earlier point, really kind of impressed me. I mean, I don't know how quick Newell will – I mean, Newell's one of the top ten prospects in the class. Now, that's a prospect. I mean, he's, he, he is still raw and, and, and is still coming along. But, uh, you know – and was was key in that state championship game. I think he'd spent a yeah. lot of time guarding EJ Liddell. And, you know, I, I believe that without question, Young's number one. Are they a dominating, unbeatable number one? No, uh, that's not – we don't have a team like that this year. But they also have some guys, Mike, that play bigger than their size with, with Beard and Baker.
0: Yeah, Tyler Beard can rebound. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Evanston could use a guy like that um, for sure. The other kind of X factor for Young this year – this guy who had maybe the weirdest sophomore year of any player I've ever covered is Elliot Seeger. He went from like all conf- all Catholic League at DePaul Prep to on basically playing on the sophomore team mm-hmm. at Whitney Young. So he's got he's a junior this year. He did bulk up a heck of a lot. Um, last year. So we'll see what, what the deal is with him, what the plan is. I'll be out at young this week. I'm interested to hear what he has to say and what Tyrone Slaughter has to say about him. But that's a kid that I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about. And we saw how tremendous he was as a freshman.
1: Yeah. You know, Slaughter is not one to play a ton of guys. You know, it's not like they, they rely on, you know, depth. Um, He gets his guys and and rolls with them. And, you know, Another thing that we talk about, Mike, is to be scheduling. I mean, Whitney Young plays a a, a rugged schedule. And that's a, the case this year. And it does get them ready for, you know, March. And they have proved that that's been a big part of their preparation and has and shown with their success in March.
0: Yeah, Young will be back at Proviso West at the Chicago League Classic. They play their Red Northwest Conference games, and that is it. They don't have, as far as I know, another game in the area. They're going all over the place. Um, so, anyway, number two, Evanston, we've talked a lot about. Lance Jones, the Southern Illinois commit. Jakeem Holden, who's just an excellent high school basketball player, just a scorer and a shot maker. And I, I think he's one of the more underrated kids, personally, in the. I mean, not under recruited, but as a high school basketball player, Jakeem well, Holden. He's a wired yeah.
1: to score and. Uh, you know, he can go get a bucket.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And everybody's heard about Blake Peters. You know, he went viral pretty much. Uh, Ryan boast, another guy. So it's going to, like Joe said, is there going to be a hangover from last season's success? I feel I, that's not something something I even thought about, but I didn't watch them a ton this summer. You know, I think I briefly saw them at RB. Um, I feel like this is a group that was a bunch of kids who tasted Peoria. And I feel like that's just going to do them well. Um, throughout the season I'm expecting really big things from Evanston Um, number three for me is Morgan Park this was a tougher decision for me these next kind of four teams are all in a group but I got Morgan Park number three they were 25 and nine last year first in class 3a back to back everybody knows who they lost Io Dasumu is gone however they added Chris Roberts jet quick high scoring guard from Lincoln Park Adam Miller who, you know, had a great state tournament is back. Marcus Watson, Isaiah Burrell, another Burrell is there, six four kid. They do have some size that is untested. Six nine, Carl Jones had his moments last year, had some nice games. They're gonna need him to be better this year. Um, Nick Irvin has mentioned six seven Deshonday Washington, who I do not remember, to be honest. And then uh Boopy Miller, who was kind of an hyped eighth grader he's going to be a sophomore now but Morgan Park I just love that backcourt so much
1: well yeah that 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 they're going to go as far as the trio of Miller Watson and um, Chris Roberts takes them I mean they are going to play fast they're going to be able to put pressure on the ball and really put pressure on opposing defenses with their with their speed transition Adam Miller is is you know the best junior in Illinois and the best one of the best shooters in Illinois and he's a big 6-4 bodyguard that's you know I, is, I think is going to become more versatile without Asumo you know remember last year when Iowa was hurt Adam Miller put up some numbers yeah he did and and kind of put him on his shoulders at times and so now you expect that all year long Marcus Watson is also another speaking of wired to score Marcus Watson can score he's he's a pretty electric with the basketball so you know this is not a world beating morgan park team but and those guys with size are really really raw i'm not sure there's there you know there's a ton of depth isaiah burrell though had a nice summer he got a big motor super athletic uh again another player as far as getting to the rim particularly in transition open court uh is one to be reckoned with so yeah they're going to get out and go and, and play morgan park Nickerman basketball and uh they're without question a, a consensus top five team
0: yeah and Nick Irvin's mentioned that it's not deep he knows that he does not have the depth but man it, Chris Roberts can get so hot sometimes you know he can hit from anywhere and said that half court line when he's feeling it and we know how Adam Miller can shoot there's going to be some games when if those two are on <laughs> you're in big trouble um, for sure but then it's interesting because the team I have number four depth is not an issue uh, number four is Bogan
1: actually depth could be the issue because they have too many players
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what that's a good point high school basketball that doesn't always work out well right. um, Bogan was 21 and 9 last year and the re actually the, I couldn't get this game out of my head the, the reason they probably are four and not three I know it's silly because IO's gone but Morgan Park just swatted the crap out of them in that season ending and it was a 30point loss in the sectional final and it just I, I can't get that taste out of my mouth. Bogan has the rest of the season, you know, t- to get through it. They've got, um, Rashawn Agee's the big man. They do not have these size problems that the teams above them have. They got some other newcomers and new names that have size with, um, Tremere Fr- Fraley and Kendall Davis. They, they have, more size than most teams in the top 10. So they got plenty of size. And then the backcourt is interesting because there is a divide between Jeremiah Washington fans and Jordan Booker fans. Um, but having both of them is great. And they got newcomer Antoine Bloxton, who really has impressed people over the spring and summer. We actually talked about him on a podcast when we we did like a good 10-minute segment on Julian. I don't know if you remember, Joe. Um, because the coach had emailed about it, sent a great mm-hmm. email. And Bloxton was one of the kids he talked about, because he was averaging like 20 a game for them. He's a junior. so Yeah, Bloxton,
1: he, he's yeah. a talented kid. And, you know, 6'2", off the Paul kid, who's very versatile for them. I, I'm a huge Jeremiah Washington fan. Uh, kudos to Jeremiah Washington also for landing a, at a Division two power uh, heading to Ferris State. I, I, just, I, I just can't get over how many bodies they have. They lost – a key player, Greg Outlaw, yeah. who transferred to, uh, Orr, and there's, are still deep. You know, you usually use a player like that. You know, I, I think the key though is Rashawn Agee. I mean, if he can be, all these teams we're talking about without much size, he is a blue collar kid, six seven, uh, still has some things to prove, still unsigned, uncommitted. So it's a big senior year for him. Uh, and then the, you mentioned from Tremere Tr- Tr- Fr- Frailia. Uh, you know, he's very raw, big man but he's 6'8", athletic, runs the floor, can be a factor defensively already, and just kind of a garbage-round-the-basket guy. And It's, it's going to be a – piecing things together, though, will be interesting to see for, for Arthur Goodwin. I mean, Goody's got a lot of uh, talent at his disposal, though.
0: Yeah, Fraley really stood out to me um, at RB, along with Bloxton. I guess part of the issue with – Rashawn Agee had that, I thought he was great as a sophomore, super underrated. And then last year, he, he just wasn't the same guy, didn't have the same motor. And uh, you know, I wrote a story, Arthur Goodwin was just on his case <laughs> the whole year about how he was underachieving. So, I mean, he's got everything to prove this season. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Now, um, number five, back to the suburbs, south suburbs. I've got Bloom number five. They have that super talented junior group of uh, the guards, Donovan Newby, Dante Maddox Jr., and Kishon Williams. And then the big man who's made a big jump in Joe's rankings, Martise Mitchell, 6'9". You know, just he is just long as can be. Definitely came into his own at the end of last season, end of his sophomore year. I was very impressed. Also a senior, Kevin Vance. And this team just has something about it to me. They're... They're kind of that interesting, you know, while Keegan, Jeremy Richmond, Year the um, Stevenson with Jalen Brunson. They don't have a player like that, but it's kind of the community feel, the public high school where they're really excited about this group of kids. And yeah, they're just juniors, but they're ready to achieve something this season.
1: Well, they have a huge upside. I mean, their ceiling for this team is not going to stop this march. I mean, with that that yeah. four juniors who are all either Division One or borderline Division One. You know, Keyshawn Williams, a 6'2 six, six, guard. I, I love. He's one of my top ten prospects. You mentioned Martez Mitchell, six foot nine, endless length. Uh, he's among my top prospects in the class. So, uh, you know, and, and they're seasoned. They're juniors, but they're seasoned. Dante Maddox, uh, terrific outside shooter. Dante's a newbie. Does a lot of, you know, tangibles. Point guard. You mentioned Kevin Vance. So this is a an intriguing team in terms of it's just going to. I just expect them to get better and better, just like they did last year and into the summer and continue through this winter because they, they've got talent, they've got pieces that fit, they've played together, uh, and they're, they're the best team in the South Suburbs.
0: Yeah, they were 16-11 and 11 last year, had their ups and downs. They lost to Marist in the regional final, 67-59. No shame in that. Remember the game Marist gave Simeon a little bit later on. And um, Bloom is back at um, Pontiac, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. No, okay. yeah. Yeah. Bloom and Nutrier. I got to get that set in my head. Man, Pontiac's going to be fun. <laughs> all right. Number six, I have Brook. They were 22-7 last year. Got kind of stomped in the sectional final by West Aurora, which was a surprising result in game to me. But, I mean, you, you when you sit down and do rankings, at least when I sit down and do rankings, bat courts, Kind of all I think about. And I'm not sure you can do any better than Tyler Cochran, and Joseph Yasufu, uh, both D1 guys, both seniors who have literally been on varsity forever. There's not a more experienced backcourt in the entire state, I don't think, than those two kids. They have some size with Cam Leonard, six seven kid. Um, picked up, you know, a, a couple transfers. They're deep again. It's going to be typical Bowling but I feel like that experience in that backcourt, it's just going to take them really far.
1: Yeah, that backcourt's played in so many big games. remember they? I mean, they were they were starting as sophomores uh, when they went to uh, Peoria, and and Jordan Myrick, another big-bodied guard, was a key player last year for them. Cam Leonard, to me, is is going to be critical for them. Uh, he's a six-foot-seven, big-bodied, athletic. You know, he, he's got to bring have consistency. He's committed to Lewis Division Two Lewis uh, local here. Uh Darius Burford, a 5'11 junior, is one to keep an eye on, though. He, he is a t- another talented guard at Bolingbrook uh, who, who is going to ha- make an impact at some point this year along with their, their big-name Division I guards.
0: All right, number seven, and this was a... Not, now we, We've officially now gotten into the part of the rankings where I got confused <laughs> in my head. I feel pretty solid about those six. And these next two teams have... Tremendously high ceilings, but I'm just confused because they're young um, in a lot of cases. Simeon is number seven, which is a weird preseason ranking for them. They got USA basketball-quality youngsters. They picked up Antonio Reeves, who uh, was at Kenwood, left the state. He's back. Kawan Clements. We all know very well. Uh, Bryce Hall, the guy from Brooks who didn't play a ton last year. And I think the one kid we want to talk about a lot is Ahmad Bynum. Who just had, from all accounts, just a spellbinding spring and summer, and is going to be one of the best players in the state. Should also mention a little bit of size with Jeremiah Stamps. He's a six-six kid who was on the bench last year. A couple other players, but it's a very young Simeon team overall.
1: Yeah, potentially this team is is. We, we say this about you can say this about everybody that they should be better in you know January and February than they are in November and December. But that's I, I I think that's going to be clearly the case. It's just how much better because of those young players. You know, Ama Bynum is a dynamic player. Uh, he's regularly the best player in that Simeon gym, but he's only a sophomore. Uh, Kewan Clements is a holdover. You know, Bryce Hall is, is the one that's got to step up. You know, he, he's going to have a, a big opportunity for him this year. Uh, Antonio Reeves, Mike is... He's good, man. I mean, he, he can spread the floor. He is one of the better shooters in the entire Chicago area. Got some length at five. Uh, he, he played on, uh, I believe, they won a state championship last year in Arizona, or at least played for a state championship uh, where, where he was at a year ago. So, you know, I, they're a wild card in the public league, and, and, and saying that Simeon's a wild card is odd. You know, it, it's just – you know, but they've got also some. They also have some size, with Jeremiah Stamps and Sincere Calwood, and uh, and Andre Casey, the six eight freshman, who we'll see how big of an impact he makes. But they've got some size. They've got some a little bit of experience, and then they just they just have talent. It's just going to have to take some time, I think, for them to mature and and to kind of buy into the whole Simeon way, uh, being those young stars.
0: Yeah, Casey and the other freshman is Jalen Drain the two usa basketball kids and yeah i guess that in a way maybe they're not as young as we think if you know reeves really i just need to see reeves do it in the public league um we'll see how that transition goes for him um i know he's from here and everything but you just got to be sure in a way they could have reeves and clements you know two seniors bryce hall out there a junior who's been in the seat starter and you know, he started for brooks as a freshman and stamps but yeah, they're just kind of an enigma now. But man, yeah, the sky is the limit. Um, I think kind of the same thing here with my number eight team. Number eight is Curie, uh, twenty six and five last year. You know, you know all about him last year. They lost to Young in the sectional final. Um, Dwan Gordon, who we saw really come on, you know, like a house on fire, at the end of last season was their best player probably the last month. Um, Remyon Hinton, Justin Harmon, Damari Nixon has arrived from Fenwick and it's just a group that i feel like i know these players i'm just not sure what they look like together
1: not that's a good point of what they look like together but i mean when you when you add Damari nixon but i'm telling you you start with hinton and gordon i mean that is that, that's going to pack a punch in, you know with those two kids i mean you mentioned gordon's finished this season it continued spring summer you know he ended up as a high major prospect he signed he's going to sign with kansas state so that's a big jump for uh, De, DeJuan Gordon, and you know, Hinton, you you know what you're getting with him. I mean, Hinton, he, he is a 6'4", high motor, junkyard dog who's going to play harder than pretty much everybody he plays against. He he had a, a good season. I think he's going to have an outstanding junior season. Uh, I think he's one of the better prospects in that class. Top, you know, top ten, top twelve prospect in that in that junior group. Uh, there, there's some question marks for sure. Uh, but I, I, mean, you know, Curie's about right where they should be.
0: Yeah, it'll be, I mean, this is a team though. Yeah. It's super high ceiling. I just, you, so many of these other teams, you know, you look at, you know who their two guards are and how good they are. And so that worries me a little bit about, um, how Curry's going to kind of figure that out, but you can see a way in which they're definitely a top five team. If things fall the right way and maybe by the end of the year, uh, number nine, St. Viator, which has to be an all-time high in the preseason for the Lions. They have a D1 backcourt. Uh, Jeremiah Hernandez and Trey Kelvin. Kid to keep an eye on is definitely Connor Cochera, 6'3 forward. And Michael Hwayne? Hune, 6'7 junior, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, some other newcomers. This might be a stretch for me, having them at number nine. They're the first team I feel like I might be stretching a little bit. I feel like Hernandez and Calvin are, are winners, and they're going to be able to gloss over maybe some other holes this team has. A little bit worried about their big game experience, but D1 backcourt, whatever. Yeah, they, I mean, they,
1: they ran the table in uh, East Suburban Catholic last year. I mean, that's, that's saying a lot. And, you know, Calvin is a shot-making lead guard who is not flashy he, he, he doesn't wow you but man every time you see him play he's making shots he's making plays Hernandez is is grown a little bit he's up six four and a half maybe even pushing six five super versatile oh yeah and the, the, the concern with with Viator you mentioned the two juniors who I really had nice off seasons they they have made a big jump from their sophomore season especially Connor cochera uh knocked down you can knock down shots but I I, I, their their lack of depth is is a concern. Now, I, I think they've upgraded their schedule. I think they're doing some things. You know, they're playing in, in, in my uh, Winsides-Colade event. They're going to be playing Bloom, uh, your number five team. So that'll be a great matchup in January. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I the other thing we haven't mentioned is they're dropped down. They're a 3A team. So St. Vyre's in Class 3A, a whole lot different than they are in 4A.
0: Yeah, number two wait, is Bogan 3A? Yeah, so number three in this ranking. But um, yeah, they're, they're one of the teams that really interests me. It'll be interesting to see how far they go. Jeremiah Hernandez, he kind of does whatever you need. He's my kind of high school basketball player. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he decides to do for them senior year and how big of a year he can have. I think he's a very interesting player. Um, number 10, Oak Park, 23-6 and six last year. Lost to Lincoln Park in the regional final. There is some serious experience and some serious depth here. There's not a superstar, but there are – Yet. Yeah. Deshaun Enoch is a winner. 100%. Charlie – we know how to pronounce this. Haney? Haney. Haney, okay, who we've seen as Anthony Roberts, Chase Robinson, Justin Cross, sophomore in Isaiah Barnes, sophomore Josh Smith. Um, I think Oak Park maybe last year – broke through some barriers does that sound right to you
1: well no i i mean i think they have over the course of two years because they've gone they've only lost one conference game in two years if you remember two years ago they were upset in the regional last year yeah so the year before though they did that you know some of these players as young kids did break through one a regional i i just you mentioned experience you got four seniors yeah I, and a couple of them, I think, are underrated. I mean, Anthony Roberts has, has really blossomed. Uh, Chase Robinson is underappreciated. Uh, solid poise, old school game, six one, strong guard. You know, I, and you got multiple All Conference guys in the, in that group. And you mentioned Isaiah Barnes. Isaiah Barnes is coming fast, Mike, and he's picking up Division One offers he's grown to 6-6. Oh boy. He 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 is an exciting talent.
0: A Romeoville uh, transfer. We should
1: mention. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah and, and I you know, they have another sophomore to keep an eye on. His name is Josh Smith. He's a 6-3, you know, athletic guard. He's also going to be very good in, in sooner than later. So they they've got size, they've got length, they've got athleticism, they've got experience and I, I love this team. I, I love their potential. You know, do they have that guy uh, that, you, you you know, Deshaun Enoch, I guess, quote-unquote, is the guy. But he, he's going to have to. I'm talking about when when times are tough. I'm talking leadership. I'm talking, um, you know, w- when you hit that skid and you lose two games are they going do they have the personnel to kind of rise up and 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 take that next step they haven't won a sectional i don't know since the 70s um i believe so that that's really where this program now they're we all know they're they're stuck in a geographical area that puts them always in one of the toughest sectionals in the state of Illinois every single year but that's their next step that's what this you know, there's a long, long way before we get to March. But that end goal has got to be, can this team get over the hump, this program, and win a sectional championship?
0: I mean, it just comes down to, can they beat the public league teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, that, that's that been, you know, either a Curry or a, or, or yeah. a Young or a uh, Lincoln mean, Park. i think down they, last year. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, but it, it is a challenge. I mean, it's a it's a rugged. It's tough to win a regional in that sectional.
0: That's and, um four of the top ten Joe are at Pontiac. You know, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I was this excited about an Oak Park team. To be honest with you, and that goes back to the Shumpert years. Um, I I like these guys. I think Enoch's hard nosed. I think he knows how to win. Uh, I think he's going to be. He's not the superstar talent, but I do think he is the kind of mindset guy and type winner that'll take them far um number 11 uplift this is a strange place for the top senior i guess right all the way down to number 11 top senior in our area marquis jacobs he's committed to paul probably signing this week and the reason they're high for me and maybe i I think i might have them high higher than
1: yeah this is our first significant difference in our rankings but Uh, go ahead
0: it's because um I think if anybody saw, was at that or game that ended the season, I, I just started to believe a lot in these other kids. Um, Detalian Brown and Underwood and Tahir Thompson. I, I saw some uh, DeAndre Vortis played really well. And cause what do you call it? Did not have a good game in that game. Um, the big guy, as soon as they graduate, I forget all their names. Dobbs, Trubbs, yeah, Dobbs. yeah, exactly. Dobbs did not play well, was in trouble. So it was kind of without him. And so I kind of saw the future of uplift and they gave Orr that great or team, everything could handle So I'm, I'm kind of into these Titans. I, I understand this might be a bit of a reach 11, but I love that backcourt. I mean, I love all those kids that, they're tough kids too. They can handle the ball. And I feel like, Almost no, not almost. Nobody's got Marquise Jacobs, and yeah, I mean
1: that, he's the difference. Yeah. The, I mean, he's why he can. He's one of the few players in in, the, in all of these rankings who can single handedly take over a game, carry a team, and, and go win your go win a game for you. Now, that being said, there's always been that battle with with uplift in terms of chemistry, getting everyone on the same page. And, you know, letting Marquise go get what he can go get, but also kind of keeping others involved, making people around him better, uh, and just making everything go smoothly. And that's part of his game that's evolved a little bit, and I think he's grown in that way, but it's got to continue. And, but knowing that he's still going to have those moments where he will have to be that guy that, that can put your team on his shoulders and carry him
0: it should be interesting. I mean, we're, we are one foul call away, in my mind, from a scenario in which Uplift won two-way last year and has most of their team back. So that's what kept sticking in my mind. Um, Coach David Taylor did mention they got a freshman to watch, Davion McCarthy. Um, this is as good a time as any to say this. I wanted to say this. In all the years I've been doing the Twitter previews, which is about four years now, two, four, or five, I've never had so many coaches mention freshmen. I don't know what, you know level of excellence these kids are going to be at but they're just almost every other coach it seemed had a freshman he was really excited about which does not happen coaches don't seem to like to mention freshmen (laughs) too often on the preseason info but I kept seeing them this year so it's going to be exciting to go around you know we had a pretty good year freshman class last year with a lot of guys contributing on a varsity I think it's probably because the senior classes have been down which is also the case this year so maybe we will see some more freshmen but that's the one of the I guess we've already probably talked about four of them, but uh, Davion McCarthy, we'll see.
1: You got to uh, start mentioning the freshman to keep the freshman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent point. <laughs> you better play him a little too. Uh, number 12 is Leo. They um, had that inf- At this point, it's the infamous loss at Marshall in the regional final last year. After going 20-6 and six and vaulting up the rankings, I was out at Leo last week talking to those kids, and oh, man. They all admitted that they just got the ranking went to their heads. (laughs) I started to feel personally responsible for Leo's playoff failure. They just, they did not take Marshall seriously enough, which, you know, they should have known. Even like a great young team goes into Marshall. It's tough. And they learned their lesson. They kept everybody though. Fred Cleveland is back. Um, almost everybody is on board with Fred's abilities now. Deshaun Anderson and Kendall Anderson, the brothers, strong, tough rebounders. Uh, Miles Thomas is expected to do a lot, and everybody out at Leo was really excited about Kevin Drumgool, who was a big-time scorer in the sophomore team last year. I I don't get the sense that Leo's going to be super deep, but I don't think they want many of these guys off the floor anyway.
1: Deshaun Anderson is an impact player in ways that other guys aren't in terms of he gobbles up rebounds. The the ball finds him, and you know physically he, he's imposing. He takes up space. Uh, so, and then you've got a dynamic scorer in Fred Cleveland, who you know was the player of the year in their in the other Catholic league. Was it the white? What was it last year? Whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I, and they're a state championship caliber team in their class. It's just. And they've upgraded their schedule. They'll be going to Proviso West, I believe, right now this, yeah. uh, for for Christmas. And uh, I mean, I think they're going to be a team that's going to have to live up to that ranking. Uh, they're more than capable of doing it.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. That's a great move for Proviso West, actually, to grab Leo away from the Dipper. That's a theft <laughs> right mm-hmm. there, for sure. I mean, what if they lost to Morgan Park in the semis last year, right? Um, I haven't right. seen who the dippers replaced them with, but that's a huge loss, um, for the dipper. That would have been kind of their number two team. Uh, number 13, Homewood Flossmore. HF was 21 and seven last year, which surpassed, I think a lot of people's expectations. They lost to Marist in the sectional semis, had a nice playoff run, Isaac Standback, Morian Scott, um, Chad Reedy, the, uh. Sophomore, six, seven kid people are talking about. A bunch of other guys, you know, RJ Ogham, Damian Trice. I, every time I saw HF last year, they were beating a ranked team, I felt like. And all those kids are back. They don't have that superstar, high scoring guard, which is a question.
1: Well, they got point guard specifically, is where they're going to have to figure things out. I mean, if they can, you know, if they can figure out the point guard position. And from the sounds of it, it's either going to – one guy will emerge or develop or they're going to, you know, by committee. But, you know, last year, you think about it, Mike, everybody was talking about Bolingbrook and Lincoln Way East in that yeah. conference. And it was HF that won it by two games. So I, what stands out with them is their athleticism, athleticism and length. All these guys in that 6'4", 6'5", range uh, with Stanback, Scott, Ogum, and Reedy. I mean, those – that is some serious length that causes problems. And, you know, I, I like this team a lot. They're, you know, in the South Suburbs, I, like I said, HF and Bloom are the two best. And, um, you know, they're the favorite. You know, or them and Bolingbroke are the two favorites in that Southwest Suburban Blue.
0: Yeah. It's, They're just – HF, they're always ready. They've always got a game plan. They're one of the best coach teams in the area. You know, Mark Condotti is the head coach. (laughs) You Look at that bench. (laughs) You got Roy Condotti and Quitman Dillard sitting there. Some guys who have won some games. So, you know, they know what's up. Um, It'll be interesting to see because this year, this is a high ranking for them. Um, They're used to, you know, being the team that wins a bunch of big games in the Chicago Heights Classic and then yells at me that Joe had them ranked 67th. Or whatever. So it'll be a little bit different for them this year coming in as the hunted. Um, speaking of, number 14. Oh, my Waukegan Bulldogs.
1: Going back to the well.
0: <laughs> oh, Joe. if I wish somebody should do like a, they call them a gif, what right? Yeah, the uh, thing of, of me and where I ranked Waukegan. <laughs> Just like in my little room here in the preseason. Guys, they've been all over the map. <laughs> I've had Waukegan. Really high. I've had Waukegan sort of high. I've had them like now middling. I've had Waukegan punished <laughs> and very low. I don't know what to do <laughs> with Waukegan.
1: Well, yeah, they're they're clearly a top twenty-five team. I mean, there's no question. I mean, I you, you you've got too much veteran Browns. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know the guys that have been. We, we've been talking about the Browns for this will be our fourth year. They've been on varsity for four years, uh, and the, the best of the bunch is Bryant Brown, who's going to be a two thousand point scorer. He's a double double guy. He, he did not have a great summer on the AAU circuit, but as a high school productive player, there aren't very many in this class who have been more productive. With that being said. Last year was just a mess, and it went south due to some, whether it be an injury here or eligibility issue there. You know, it just spiraled south in the second half of the season. They never were able to regroup. But the biggest difference with Waukegan is point guard. I mean, they have Andre White, who transferred in third school in three years, yeah, you know he's originally from the, the no, north. No, 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 north... fourth, fourth. Oh,
0: Loyola, Eight. Harvest Christian, Harlem, and now Waukegan.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I said three and three years. Yeah, yeah, say. it's right. Yeah, Wait, he, it's is, right. he is. He um, is doing
0: the rare four and four years. Right, <laughs> yeah. and, and he's kind of come full
1: circle because he is a north suburban guy who's played with yes. these kids before. Uh, so there is some familiarity, but if you looked. You know, I mentioned some of the issues Waukegan had last year with, the, you know, an injury or, a, or an eligibility issue. But the number one personnel issue was point guard. And he solidifies that. And I, that's why I think that this – the slide they had last year won't occur this year. They, they're, they're too talented. They, they have too many players, too many um, – too much experience. Those are all seniors. Whether it's, whether it's four schools in four years or not, that's four – varsity years <laughs> yes. played so that's four guys who have four years of varsity experience which that's I don't know that's that's unheard of
0: I don't I am and I mean to put into facts when we talk about like disappointing last year and like a slide they were 11 and 16 and they lost in the first round of the playoffs to Palatine I mean that's like legendarily bad for a team of with this much talent. And I don't know at this point, I, I feel like
1: a lot of snowball effect with Joaquin. I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, yeah. but Jaden you know. Brown
0: left the team. He wasn't there right. for the last month or two, but I'm not, I'm not convinced that Andre white jr. Is going to solve the, I still see a lot of kids. Nobody's committed to college. So they're all going to be playing. You know, you want a, you want a team of kids who are committed who have gotten their personal things out of the way and are seniors, ready to go win?
1: I'm not. I'm not even saying they're going to live up to your 14th ranking. necessarily. <laughs> I'm just saying, I am. I would be shocked if the season unraveled. Like, I mean, I'd be stunned if that happened. Yeah, as it did last year.
0: Yeah, it's. I could talk about Waukegan for way too long. I thought they were going to be the number one at this point. Uh, wait, end huh? of, end of November last year when I, I saw went on and saw them play the first week last oh. year. And they were amazing. They looked awesome. And Ron Ashlaw, you know, the coach is talking to me about how they are excited to do special things this year. And, I mean, a year ago, this team thought they were going to Peoria. And yeah. they went in 11-16. I I don't ever remember that happening in my high school. Forget covering it. As a fan, a team that literally thought they were going to Peoria wound up 11-16 and 16, losing in the first round. I mean, that's crazy. And so I'm worried... As much as I love the talent, I'm still worried about their heads. I guess that's what well, I uh, it.
1: yeah, and, and their depth. They they have very little depth. You know, you go Bryant Brown, Jaden Brown, Jordan Brown, Andre White, White, and then what? Jalen Cunningham uh, is much improved, uh, six three wing. But then after that, it, it does just it gets it, it's tough. So yeah, but I mean I think the ranking is warranted. You could argue that it could maybe be a little lower, but um. I I just there's still a lot of promise with that group.
0: And I mean, Brian Brown could win player of the year in my mind. He puts up numbers and if they live up to their potential, I think he's a fabulous player. Yeah. Maybe he didn't have a great spring or summer, but he had a, even though they had a terrible season, his numbers were amazing last year.
1: Yeah. He was a constant steady force for them. There's no question.
0: Um, Number 15, Oswego East. How about that? <laughs> Have they even existed for 15 years? <laughs> and yeah, 15. they,
1: I mean, they, they had that run with Jay Harris, remember? Um, yeah. You know, we kind of took the state by storm for a, a month, and everybody in the world was coming to see him. But since then, I mean, they're, they're looking, that's the only regional title they've had, but uh, they're, they're very deserving of a top 25 ranking.
0: Uh, Ray J. Dennis committed to Boise State. Sam Schultz. Six six or six seven junior who I loved last year. I think he's just full of potential. Really interesting player. Cameron Battle six five. You probably know um, his family lineage. And then Damari Grant um, guard transferred from Bowling which seems key to me. Another guy who can really handle the ball.
1: Yeah, it's going to have to. You know, we'll see how it. How it, I mean, they have a legitimate star. Ray J Dennis uh, had a phenomenal. Junior year, I mean, he averaged 18 a game, chipped in five assists, four rebounds a game. Very good shooter, passer. I mean, he's a force. He he is an all-state caliber player, who you put the ball in his hands and he has that unique ability to score as well as make people around him better. You mentioned Schultz was a he's a double-double guy last year. He's a great passing big man. Yeah, you know. uh, So and Cameron Battle has improved. He's an athletic six-five. You know, he's not real skilled, but he is—he's a weapon with his athleticism and length. And Damari Grant had a good summer. He's a—he's a scoring weapon with the ball in his hands as well. And uh, you know, he's transferred, like you said, from Bolingbrook. You know, I—they're—they're I, they're the favorite in their league. They are one of the better teams in the western suburbs, and they're—you know—have a chance to be better than that Jay Harris team that won a regional and and lost in a sectional. It's probably about what's eight, seven, eight years ago. Yeah,
0: they were twenty and eight last year, lost to the Steelmen in the regional final. If I was um, not a Sun Times reporter and I was still the Joliet fan I used to be, I'd be licking my chops <laughs> about the uh, unknown Joliet teams with this, you know, shiny Oswego East star. And
1: um, our first Joliet match.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be ready for them. Um, but anyway, uh, number sixteen. We're getting into the. Asmigui East to feel solid on, but now this is another team uh, I'm wishy-washy on. Number sixteen is Saint Rita. I mean, th- they were eighteen and twelve last season. You know, up and down for sure. They lost to Bogan in the sectional semis. No shame in that. There's a lot of kids here. Who can yeah, play. This is kind
1: of like a bog of the camp <laughs> yeah, exactly. because so many players. Well man. said. And a lot yeah. of guys that have played a lot.
0: Exactly, yes. A lot
1: of varsity experience.
0: Uh Jeremiah Odin, who everybody wants to talk about, and I have not seen have a great game yet. 67 senior, um Cam Bartman 6869, a big man. And then some really ex- the backcourt is what should be talked about. Alec Melender and Joel Watts who battled injury stuff a lot last year, I believe. But they could be rock solid for them. That could really be the key.
1: Both juniors. And, you know, they've got, in addition to those guards, they've got some size and length. I mean, Odin's got endless length, 6'7", athletic. He has improved, Mike. He, 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 I, I mean, he had some moments this summer again where he looks the part, no question, and then starts playing the part a little bit more. Cameron Bart, when you mentioned his size. Javon Cooley is an intriguing guy in the wing. I don't know what kind of impact early on this kid's going to have, but Reggie Ward is a six-four sophomore, mm-hmm. very talented, and he's going to be interesting because he's got some, a lot of offensive ability in comparison to some of these other guys that we mentioned. Yeah, but re- they cause problems, particularly defensively, with that size and length that they offer.
0: I feel like – I guess I wouldn't have put them any higher. So maybe, no. I, maybe I did go high with them, um, but I do like the just the bodies. And I, and I, I like Joel Watts. I, I think with a full year of him, they, they could be nice. Um,
1: yeah, got, I've got them in the teens as well.
0: Okay, Number 17, Marion Catholic, would have been a lot higher if Malik Tidwell had not left. But, man, did Aaron Eulis have a second half of the season last year. Became a star. You know, he's back. Chris White – hard nose just a a really solid high school player gives him some size at 66 Elijah Jones Marion Catholic always probably has another four kids I don't know about <laughs> too well um, you know Mike Taylor has done a great job there but this ranking for me is I really like the Aaron Eulis Chris White I love the experience they gained last year 26 and 6 you know went to Peoria finished third I think they they could have been a little higher maybe
1: Chris White is going to be one of the handful of players who's really going to open eyes as a senior. He he has made big strides. The versatility he brings with being able to get some stuff done around the basket and step away and knock a shot down uh, is really intriguing. You go him and Aaron Uless, Uh They've got some, you know, Jordan Green's a 5'11 junior who's can really defend. Uh, intriguing kid on this on this roster is Elijah Jones. He's a long, lanky six five junior. He's still developing, still coming along. Uh but as that season progresses, I expect Elijah Jones to be, you know, a little bit bigger of a of an impact. And uh Breon Hill, six three senior who Oh won, yeah. I think, yeah, I forgot about it, him, Broke his leg, missed a lot of time, uh, you know, plays a little bit bigger than his six three size in the post. So yeah, th- this is a you know but sometimes you know i know that you lose a a, a a score in tidwell but i'm not saying it's a addition by subtraction by any means i'm just saying that it i, I think it does kind of put the ball in julius's hands more which i like uh I, I think that's that's better for mary catholic that, uh, that tidwell did point. have some yeah. you know he he would get a little wild he would get a little uh, shot happy and uh I just think the ball will be in Ulysses' hands more, and I feel better and more comfortable with that in mind.
0: That's a really good point. I probably didn't appreciate that enough. Malik Tidwell was a low-efficiency, high-scoring player, so that could definitely tighten things up a bit. And, yeah, Breon Hill, I have seen him play very well. Um, And that ends, at 17, the teams I'm confident in. (laughs) I feel like those 17, to me, were going to be ranked for sure, I was trying to figure out the order could have gone you this have, way
1: you 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 got a few more that you should be confident in
0: i'm not um you
1: should be i'm just telling you should be yeah that's okay though now including I get a, your next two
0: okay yeah, now i get a little less confident number 18 is loyola um I, I feel like what i went to like two summer things this summer and there was there was always some coach there that wanted to know where connor barrett was playing <laughs> it was like is Connor Barrett here <laughs> um he, he's well, a... he,
1: he wasn't because you've yeah. heard
0: so. exactly yeah that's why they were asking me because they couldn't find him um so Connor Barrett you know he's the leader here um the two bigs the six eight six nine however tall they are now Jordan and Bennett kwasinski um yeah i I don't know Quinn Pemberton um senior point guard This should give them some stability. I just I don't get them yet. I didn't get them last year. They did better than I thought. I, but what don't you
1: get sure. about them? They just got a blue collar team that defends and knocks down shots, runs their stuff, I, I and they them, keep yeah. they keep games close that you personally probably shouldn't think they should be close. And then they they won a lot of games that I mean they had a great year. Um, Connor Barrett, I, I I don't understand why people aren't. Do you know the year he had? I mean, ninety threes, Mike, by shooting forty percent from three. I mean, that's 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 a significant statistic for a junior in high school. Uh, that you know, I, I think they got to get quality point guard play. That's that's where I, I mean Cunningham. The, losing Cunningham is a big loss for them. Yeah, he was tough, competitive, and I, I think he did things that that people didn't appreciate enough. Uh, and then Jordan and Bennett Kwasinski are both. They're, they're, their natural progression is happening with, with kids that are 6'8 and young, and you're, like, talking about them early on, but you go there and you watch, and like, eh, I want more out of them. It, it, that's just how it goes with kids like that and, and their size and their development. So now as juniors, I expect them both to, you know, be double-figure scorers. Uh, they're both going to be Division One players at the end of the day. Uh, so that's, you know, those, that trio to me, And then what we kind of grown to – they've always got these role guys that kind of just – that no one can even name, the average high school fan, that they just provide some toughness. They've developed a winning mentality there. They've won a lot of games over the years. So, you know, I'm very solid with them where you have them.
0: I'm glad somebody is. Um, Tom Livatino, great coach, you know, a great guy too. He mentions to uh, watch newcomer Maddie Enghauser – um seeing some stuff from him yeah Kevin Cunningham big miss New is not in my rankings I think they're probably in everybody else's Andrew you know Kirkpatrick was such a thing for them like Kevin Cunningham here and I worry about their guards and so yeah Loyola's here um I yeah, doubt-
1: Enghouser, yeah you're right he, he showed some flashes uh mm-hmm. offensively Yeah, uh, he can he can make shots he's smooth he's kind of long and rangy and six three and you know, he'll be interested to see the progression he makes over the course of the year.
0: Uh, number 19, we've reached that point. No shot clock, listeners. We've gone actually probably, well, definitely over an hour now without saying the words. But Bennett has arrived. <laughs> number 19, Bennett. The Red Wings, 27 and 5 last year. They made it to the super sectional. Lost to Larkin. No shame in that. As always, Bennett does what. Much better than anybody expected. I'm not going to be fooled this year. Um, well, you shouldn't be fooled. <laughs> yeah. They're
1: going to be. They're better this year. I'm just telling you. Yeah, they should be. This is a yeah. really, really good team, and I, I, I think they're. I mean, the, other than those, the the this this potentially potentially could be the best Bennett team. Other than I mean, this is crazy to say because. Oh boy. The best team didn't. Say it, Joe. It, 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 well, I mean, I think we, Kaminsky, Sobolus, that think be yeah. the best Bennett team. They just didn't do what the other Bennett teams did, got to Peoria, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is they can, and I'm not saying they'll get to Peoria, mean, I'm just saying they are a team that could be as good as the great Bennett teams we've seen in the past. Wow. Uh, Will Angles, to me, is, is probably one of the most improved players in in the entire senior class, he's a six-five. He can play the one, he can play the one, the two, the three. He's going to handle the ball for him. He'll shoot. He'll make plays. Uh, obviously, Colin Truthers is back. He, he's a, a a big horse, six foot seven, six eight. Um, you know, he'll be a double figure scorer for them. And then uh, the newcomer, Kendrick, and then i never even asked how to pronounce his last name. I think yeah. it's Chua, um, T C H O U A, six six. 6'6 six, six and a half, man man-child. He is a beast. He, he's got a little more skill than he's given credit for. Very athletic. Transferred in. Uh, kind of showed up on Bennett's doorstep uh, from Maryland, I believe. Uh, did get in to see him. A couple open gyms. So, you know, he's a Division one scholarship-type player. And they've got other pieces that that I think do their thing, as Bennett guys do. And uh, Gene Heitkamp, we don't have to say much more than he's one of the elite coaches in illinois i i just liked watching them this summer i had a lot of people talking about him this summer and uh this will be the year i we pump them up and hype them up and they'll probably fall on their face but no I, I i believe in them i think there's no reason why I, i've got them a little higher than you got them and uh but yeah they're a clear cut to me And you, you're a little uncomfortable or whatever word you use with lyola and bennett i just yeah. think they're their mainstays in the top twenty-five.
0: Yeah, everybody from here on out. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm guessing you know number twenty. Joe probably doesn't have in his top twenty-five.
1: No, I. Looking at your bottom here, um, I agree with what you just said. Uncertainty, but I'm not uncertain about. Well, that Farragut's not a top twenty-five team.
0: Uh, I've got. I'll be, f- I'll,
1: I'll be shocked if they're in the top twenty-five uh, very long.
0: Farragut number twenty. Um, they had a, you know, ended up 17 and 11 last year, lost to North Lawndale in a sectional final. Um, Aaron Strong is back. Reggie Strong is gone. Uh, mm, St. Joseph, loss, man. very big loss. However, they're healthy. Um, and if you've yep. seen Demetrius Schaefer and Edmund Forrest and De Niro Bolden play, these are some hard nosed classic Farragut types. They've got some they, size. That, that is true. They've got some rebounders. When you've got a scorer, the size they have, and there's a lot of Derek Clark. I saw some flashes from him last year. He's a sophomore. They expect big things from him. He's six four, and they Farragut says they've got two of the city's best freshmen, McQuan and Mikel Jones. Um, they say that a lot. Nobody knows who they are, and they wind up being <laughs> really good players.
1: Yeah, and, and there's always a Farragut guy we don't even talk about that shows up and it, we that ends up being. Good.
0: Exactly. I, <laughs> and I think you got to also take into account that in 3A, this is a team that even when they don't achieve what you think, they make it to a sectional final. Um, they're going to be a force in 3A, and I think Eric and Strong is sure. going to have a big our, senior our, year. Our 3A, uh,
1: we, I don't yeah. know, we can't rip it 3A yet on the first podcast. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, the Reggie Strong thing just – I mean, Reggie Strong had a fabulous yeah. freshman year. And opened eyes. I had him in my top five prospects in the class. I don't think he had a, a the type of season that you or me or most people thought he was going to have yeah. last year. And now he's gone. But I was waiting for him to kind of elevate them into the top twenty-five, you know, in my mind. And then his departure kind of leaves me. Okay, I can't. I can't put them in my top twenty-five. See- but
0: this is the year they've been playing towards these kids have all been playing since they were sophomores um, for a Schaefer and strong. So, I mean, this is, this isn't like fair. It's like, Oh, we might be good this year. They had planned. I mean, yes, they wanted Reggie strong there. As yeah. A that's junior. kind
1: of my point. Just yeah. that there's, he's like your, their, their catalyst. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's just really hard to take that piece out of there and, and, and keep humming along.
0: It'll be interesting to see if these young kids, if Clark and the uh, these two Jones kids step up. But you know what? I decided yeah, I like watching Aaron Strong and these kids. So we're going to throw Farragut number 20. Number 21, DePaul Prep. This is one of the teams that was just up and down in my rankings. At one point, I had them pretty high. Then they were in the middle. <laughs> they wind up down near the end. And the main reason for that, they were twenty-four and seven last year. You know, I saw them a lot. They lost to North Chicago in the sectional title game. Not a good ending um, for DePaul Prep. They should have achieved more. That worries me a little bit. I love Perry Cowan. You know, I really like Lanza Mosley and Raheem Anthony's back. They got the big kid, six, well, six-five. Um, Pavle Pentovic, Brian Matthews, the kid I'm, I've not seen, I've heard about, six-eight, six-nine center. So there's a lot of experience here. There's a star player in Cowan. There's some young size. All the pieces are there. They're a team maybe I have too low. I don't know.
1: Correct. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, that, we, we break down our rankings, and that's where I – I mean, I've got them higher. I, I like this team a lot. Uh, for all the reasons you just mentioned, and then you keep going on. I mean, Raheem Anthony is, yeah. is a seasoned point guard who is – you know, when they get up and down, I mean, they don't go up and down a lot. Or at all. Uh, yeah. No, they, they – <laughs> I mean, if you recall, I believe you were at the game. They beat Evanston, uh, and they went up and down with Evanston and beat Evanston. Uh,
0: but that's because so, they were forced. To.
1: Well, what forced or not, I, I'm just saying yeah. they, they have the capability of doing it. Oh, yeah. They may not I do know. it as much as – coach o'brien would prefer yes. but I, i'm just saying Raheem anthony when he gets up north and south he is a load and yeah. he is tough to stay in front of he's got size lance mosley this is a big year for him he's a six two six three junior on the perimeter um you know kind of had, had a decent year last year that people didn't give him credit for he shot it pretty well from three yeah. uh you know and and these young kids you mentioned one of them brian matthews he's I'm intrigued with him. He's a he's got some blue collar to him. Uh, He really plays hard. He's got legit size at six nine, developing skill set. So this is a they got size. They got some balance. They've got some depth. And you mentioned Perry Cowan, who we we talked about Bryant Brown being one of the most productive seniors in the class. You could say the same thing about Perry Cowan. I mean, Mm -hmm. he has filled a stat sheet, and maybe more so than. Any of the big name guys in this class, I think he does more of the little things, defending, loose balls, whatever it takes to get his team something, you know, to get him his team to win, he does it. And that goes a long way when your best player is doing those types of things. Klein Tom Kleinschmidt's a great coach. So I, I like this team. I think that's a, gonna be a fun race particularly between them and, and Loyola and the Catholic League, and then you throw Leo in there and St. Rita. Catholic League's very intriguing with those four teams already we've talked about all ranked.
0: Yeah. Number 22. I've got Kenwood. They are the um buddies of Waukegan here. They were mm-hmm. tw- 12 and 12 last year. Lost to Brother Rice in the regional final. I, I feel like this is my stretch to me.
1: Um Yeah, they're they are on my bubble. They they're, they're when I said 22 out of 25 and I said maybe 21, and that was a team that I'm debating whether to have in my top 25 is like iron this out in the last, next few days.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not sure, but um, I, I really like Lamont Johnson. Um, He's back. He's at uh, Kenwood. Um, RT Stapleton, you know, is going to be their lead player. And I keep hearing so much about how Siri Lewis has played. They got a big, they got a guard, they got a tough, hard nosed, good high school player. Those are all the three things you look for. Um, Sophomore Avery Davis. I've been hearing about six, five, um, they've mentioned to me, uh, the Kenwood coaching staff, uh, senior Nuri Knighton, I think he's going to have a big year, junior Roland McCoy. So they've got some bodies there might be a stretch, but I'm going with it.
1: R.T. Stapleton. You, 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 would like the LJ Johnson. I really like R.T. Stapleton. Uh, I, I, think he is still undervalued among college coaches, whether it be division two or low division one schools. Uh, he's got, He's a point guard with some ranginess to him. The, the shots got to g- still keep getting better. But he, he has a presence about him uh, with the ball in his hands, out on the floor that you love. And, you know, part of their struggles last year, they were it was kind of a herky-jerky season for them. Part of it was because R.T. Stapleton missed, I can't remember now, but yeah. at least a handful of games, five in the middle of the season, earlier in the season too, and that took a lot of – Steam out of them, and you know I I agree with you. They're they're I think they're a bubble top twenty five team. Um, you know we'll see where I have them, but you know I, there's there's definitely a lot of question marks uh, with with what, how high of a level they're going to play in the public league.
0: Yeah, I feel like they have a high ceiling, but they could also you know nowhere live up to this. But we went with the Broncos. Number twenty three is Hillcrest. Uh, last season, you know, they actually had a great year until the playoffs. They were 22-6 and six and then lost to Rich East in the regional final in 3A. That's a nightmare um, scenario. There's size here. There's talent. They're very deep. You got 6'5", Dylan West, Jeremiah Staten. Marquise Irving is transferred over. He's playing football, though, so that's another conversation. Kenton Wright is there. And then you've got um, two two. Uh, talking to Don Houston, six seven Travon Walker from Perspectives has transferred in, and he's telling me to watch the six six sophomore Julius Rollins. So they've got young, you know, newcomers coming off the bench over six six. He thinks they're going to be better than last season's twenty one and six. That says a lot. This is the first team I think we've hit though where football could play an issue early.
1: How be- many of those guys you, you know? How many guys Irving
0: is for sure. Um, he's he's a great running back for them. I think there's at least two other guys though, um, and they and the and the thing is for a lot of teams it wouldn't matter as much, but these are some of Hillcrest's biggest games.
1: Yeah, that Thursday Thanksgiving tournament's a, yeah. a rough go for them, you know, in and, and the early part of the season. And I I think this is one of your, you know, you you mentioned some question marks. Rock yeah. solid top twenty five team. I, I Marquise Irving is a scorer. I mean, I, he he had a terrific summer for them, and you know, you just, you've, you and I both mentioned all the time, you know, guards, 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 guards. And, and with um, Jeremiah Stanton and Kenton Wright and uh, Marquise Irving, you got three guys who can, you know, take care of the ball. Uh, Dylan West is a little underappreciated. Uh, so I, I, I think they're a clear cut top 25 team.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you should have had them a little higher. I, I hated that playoff result last year. You know, I know it's a different team, but. That that's ugly. Um <laughs> that bothered me a bit. Uh number twenty-four, I I Brother Rice. Um, they're one of those teams. You're gonna see this every year at the end of the rankings. They're not loaded or anything, but they got that, you know, atomic bomb of a player that is gonna be the best guy on the court in like ninety percent of their games. That's Marquise Kennedy. He's headed to Loyola, he made a huge jump in Joe's rankings. Um the only couple times I saw him last season he was amazing so I'm looking forward to him um Bobby Frazier thinks that six four junior DeAndre Hagen could have a real breakout year he's a lefty that can shoot it um Bobby mentioned a little bit worries about defense which is what coaches do but I mean you got Marquise Kennedy you're probably a super 25 team
1: yeah I this is one of the ones we don't have in the top 25 the same uh Marquise Kennedy's got to carry a big load (laughs) I was a, I was like president of the Brother Rice fan club last year. I love that team. Uh, yeah, I, I, we stayed know.
0: 19 and 11. They lost to Simeon in the sectional semis. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I just, I liked how they played last year. I liked, uh, you know, some of their personnel, Boulanger and those guys. I, and they had some shooters. Mar- Marquise Kennedy though is, clearly one of the elite players in the Chicago area in terms of, what he does for his team. I mean, he's. Terrific defensively, he's a he's a the rare shot blocking guard. Uh, he averaged 17 a game last year. His shot is continuing to evolve and get better, but he rebounds. He's really difficult to keep out of the lane and out away from the basket. He can he can slash to the rim, and he's devastating in the open court. But he's just going to have to really carry this team. I think for them to to maintain where you have him ranked. And to be a contender in their league, uh, but that, you know, but that's where you start. And DeAndre Hagen played some, you know, some decent minutes from last year and showed a lot of promise as a sophomore. And they've always got some guys that can knock some shots down. So, you know, Connor Glennon's got to be able to knock some shots down from the perimeter, of junior, junior guard. You know, Jimmy Gavin um, is a is a space the floor type of shooter that can. Space the floor with with Marquise Kennedy driving to the rim and, and getting to the rim. So, I, I you know I think it's a little high for them, but uh, as long as Marquise Kennedy's on the floor, they're going to be dangerous every game they play.
0: Yeah, I mean Bob Frazier, I think he's got something going on there. He's done a really nice job as a young coach. So I give him the Terri- terrific, oh, yeah. Coach. Yeah. terrific coach. um but yeah, I could definitely see <laughs> this is not working out. Uh, same here with number twenty-five, Notre Dame. Um, they were 14 and 16 last year. Um, lost to Evanston in the regional final. No shame in that. And that's another one where, you know, I couldn't get Marquise Kennedy out of my head. I'm looking at these other teams and nobody had a player as good as him. And so I'm like, well, rank the team with the great player. And then when I get to 25, Anthony Sales last season, that game against Maine West in the playoffs that I saw Forget class or year that he's a freshman. That was one of the best games I saw anybody play, period. Um, he's a year older. Troy D'Amico is another good sophomore. And, you know, Notre Dame, you know, Kevin Clancy, what, this is just his second year, right? Um, young, young head coach, but I guess this is an Anthony Sales ranking. I think he's a spectacular player. So they got my 25.
1: No, it's, I, I've got them in my top 25 as well. And not just because of sales, because I think – I mean sales. We know what we're going to get out of him. Uh, he's one of the premier athletes. Uh, Their football teams. Oh playing? shoot! Yeah, football yeah. for them too. So uh. Sales is the quarterback, right? Yeah. I, I, so. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it could be a a, a slow start for them, and uh, but Troy D'Amico, Mike, is going to have a huge sophomore year. He is he is going to be he's going to open eyes this year. Uh, they got Jason Bergstrom, a sixth a junior. He's he's back. You know, he played last year as a sophomore. They're probably a year a year away uh, from being, you know, maybe a team that gets in the top twenty-five, stays there all year, and keeps pushing higher and higher. But that that young talent is really really enticing, and, and there's there's no reason why they they shouldn't be a top twenty-five team.
0: Um, some of the others that just missed for me, well, kind of go through this? Providence St. Mel, tons of experience back. They could win the 1A state title. I just have seen them lose too much over the last three years. They play a rough schedule. I just, it, It's hard to put a team in the Super 25 that you haven't seen win in person in like two or three years. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Downers Grove North, who I'm probably higher on than most people. Love Samaj no, Henderson, Trey Boston. Yeah, great
1: backcourt. Yeah. No, 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 they're, they're, you're, you're exactly right with that one.
0: I think they're going to be fun to watch. They, they played some great teams really well last year. Also had some letdowns, but we'll see. Or, who if Demarius Splunge has got a knee injury, if he wasn't hurt, I, I would have had them in the top 25 probably. Um, but I'm a little bit worried about their guard situation, even though people keep telling me that Tujate Williams is a guard now.
1: Yeah, he he handled the ball all summer you know, um, it strikes I,
0: me but, as a Julian Wright playing point guard for HF disaster, but <laughs> uh, anyway, um, West Aurora, who meets all my backcourt criteria <laughs> with you know, with Trayvon Brown and um, Marquise Walker. I, I think they could be, I just don't know enough about them. I think they could, they'll definitely hit the top 25 at some point. Geneva, who I, I also, you know, Jack McDonald, awesome. Mitch Mascari is probably one of the best shooters I saw last season. Um, I think they're the yes. If Santos
1: if Santos didn't transfer, they they'd, they'd have been a top 25 too. Yeah.
0: they'd have been high probably for me with him sticking around. Uh, Kankakee, we already spoke about. They could have easily grabbed one of my last spots. North Lawndale. Oh boy, you know we need to mention that. You know Lewis Thorpe died a couple weeks ago. It's been a rough couple weeks. I know for everybody in the city, Lou was a guy that everyone, you know, not just respected but really liked. He was he was a really great guy. And I don't know how they're going to deal with that. Carlos Tolliver is taken over. He's Carlos Hines' dad. He was the, an assistant coach there. Um, I know a lot of people know him. He's he's taken the job over. Demetrius Douglas is back, but I just wonder how things are going to be there. It's going to be rough, but our, our thoughts are with them, and I'm hoping for the best for the Phoenix this year. It'll be fun to... See how they are able to deal with it. Um one of their best players is Jalen Thorpe, who's Lou's son. Um, he he's still on the team. He is also a really good football player. I saw him over the offseason. Um, off season. Um also Romeoville, you know, Mike Salter's back. Um, some other good players there. And then New Trier is a team that I think most people probably have ranked with, you know, Brayboy Boy and Bame. I just I don't like ranking teams where I'm unsure about guards.
1: You no, know, they they do have some you know, they're gonna have to overcome uh, the loss of, of their guard from a year ago, but uh, yeah, I mean, a few other teams uh keep an eye on. Maine South, still going to be Maine South. Oh, yeah. That's SM
0: Humley, We I need to go see him. He's They're still going to be man. good. Yes.
1: Uh, Aurora Christian. Uh, oh, yeah. Is a, is a loaded small school. Good call, small, Joe, Yeah. Small school. Yeah. Uh, keep an eye on Plainfield East. Uh, yeah. A lot of talent back. Uh, so – yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's and Carmel, one more. Uh, Carmel yes. has a lot of talent back. Uh, could be a factor in the East Suburban Catholic Conference.
0: Yeah, I, I, Aurora Christian was a team. I was. It was. It's Jake Wolf was the younger kid, right? Mm-hmm. The kid who's still there. Boy, he played really no, well. Will, Will, Will Wolf. No, Will. Will. Oh, Will. is the. He's six. He's Yeah. 6'5", 6'6", yeah.
1: yeah. He was
0: excellent. Um, both times I saw them last year. Um, yeah, I definitely think that's a variant, especially for a small school. A very interesting team. Well, that's been a long one. Um, Could be a it, record breaker. I guess it always is. early. we we had a lot to talk about. Um, next week we will do our all-state teams, which I, I am struggling with like never before. Um, I don't know if you've sat down and looked at it, Joe, but I hate it. So
1: I have not looked at it yet, but uh...
0: there's the preview. I. <laughs> I, I hate it and I don't know who to pick is I got like two or three Salas and then it's like, it could be anybody. Um, I really am having trouble with that. I think a lot of, a lot of it is because I haven't seen some of like Terrence Hargrove and I haven't there, you, you have a lot of out of the area kids, you know, in the senior class right. up there and this, that makes it tough for me. Um,
1: yeah. I mean the, the patents of the world and uh, yeah, I mean yeah. it's,
0: so that that's a little tough. So we'll we'll get into some all-state stuff. We'll look at that first week of action. We'll review sure. signing day a little bit. That's on Wednesday, and um, we're back. So we'll see how this Super Twenty Five all pans out. And if you're still listening, thank you very much. And we'll be here every week for the rest of the season. Talk to you soon.